0: It's time for a big blue kickoff live.
1: Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did.
0: On Giants.com. You
2: know what I saw? New York Giant pride And the Giants mobile app.
3: 1714 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions
4: Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. We're so glad to be with you. I'm Paul DeTino. He is Jonathan Casillas, and we're going to be here for the next hour to talk Giants football with you, perhaps some other NFL things if you'd like to do that. It's perfectly fine. We're at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You can also get us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And you can always find an archive of this show and our entire Giants podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Jonathan, good to see you again. You always a pleasure. back in studio when I was out in Detroit the other day.
1: Yeah, it was good hearing you guys, man.
4: Well, it was fun, man. You too. Yeah. You too. Now, I, I did want to ask you, because we have not had a chance to talk since that game, There are a lot of folks who are a little bit leery of the Giants linebacker situation. And since you played linebacker, I want to start this show right there. Because so far, they've had health from Thibodeau. They've had health from Ojalary, and that's really good. But the backup edge guys, there are folks who have questions about them. We know that. Zimenez and Fox. Baldonado trying to make a pitch as an undrafted rookie free agent. And then also, quite honestly, the inside guys, we know that uh, Beavers and McFadden are fighting for the spot next to Bobby Okereke, but Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, has already said plainly that McFadden's in the lead because he seems to have advanced significantly from his rookie season last year. And we also know that guys like Carter Coughlin and Deontay Johnson are trying to earn a spot as a backup on the inside. So now that I've set the whole picture for you and the dinner table is all ready to go, chow down, tell me what you think about this picture now with the edge rushers and the guys on the inside.
1: Well, let's start with the interior, right? Bobby O'Carrique got signed here on the off season with the deal he had because he's that guy for a reason, right, he's a solid player, he's gonna be a three down linebacker, he's gonna be good in the run game, good in the pass game, good against man coverage, good against zone coverage, right, that's Bobby O'Carrique. All-inclusive type of linebacker, linebacker the Giants been looking for for a very long time. Yes. Now, when you look at the other guys, right? Beavers, I think he showed a lot of promise, like we all seen last year, and then basically he not took a year off because he was hurt. He had a setback, and when you have a setback, you that's what it means. Like you're 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 behind mm-hmm. the a ball a little bit, you know. So when he comes in this year, McFadden coming off the year that he had last year, a, a guy that was playing defensive snaps, a guy that was playing special teams. He's not missing a beat. So he's just building off of what he had last year. So I expect him to be ahead of a Beavers, right? A guy that had a lot of promise and possibly Mm -hmm. could have been the guy that rotated in last year if he didn't get hurt. But like I said, Beavers is a step back because he had a setback. So he's a little bit behind the curve. Expect Beavers, if he's still that guy, expect him to kind of close that gap, if not in the preseason, but definitely in the first quarter of the season. Right, And then you look at other guys like Carter Coughlin, and I love Carter Coughlin. I love how defensively he's making plays, special teams he's making plays. He's a guy that I talked about that could be in that core special teams group that the Giants, I feel like, don't really have. I think Carter Coughlin is one of those guys that is gonna make the team, possibly not on defense, But because he is a solid contributor on special teams and a 4 core special teams guy, he's going to be a guy that makes the team just on the strength of that, which is great because you need guys that are strictly teams. And I'm not talking about he'll never play defense. I'm not talking about that at all. But he's capable on defense. But as you can tell, he's a game changer and a playmaker on special teams, which the Giants need. Now, I like what I saw from Taman Fox. Right what, away.
4: Well, what about Deontay Johnson on the inside? Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, does, yep. Does I, I just jumped right to the anything? outside. Because he he made a couple of plays it's, the other day.
1: It's For me, I have to see more of him. Because okay. he's the, for me, he's the guy I don't really know too much. Of course, I've seen him in the game, but it was late in the game. Eh, it's preseason. Right. I didn't like some of the eyes of the middle linebackers and some of the uh, of uh, offensive schemes that the Lions ran where they had that tight end fall back behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that those was the linebackers involved mm. in that, and that's eyes, right? A lot of young players have bad eyes because they're either looking at too much or they're looking at too little.
4: Recognition very important,
1: you know. So I've seen that out of the younger guys, and and Johnson might have been one of those, okay. you know, uh, uh, culprits on one of those plays. Who else we got at middle linebacker?
4: Well, that's really your battle. That's the battle, the right? Yep. So now you can go to the outside and start with Fox if you want.
1: Okay, like. yeah, well, Taman Fox was the guy I feel like, of sport, especially early in the game, the first play of the game, he got pressure on the quarterback mm-hmm. right away, you know, and he's going against second-string guys mostly, but guys that are going to play in the NFL, you know, most likely. So I like that. I like that he was getting after really early, and he looked like he was part of of the the, the Giants squad, you know what I mean? Like He looks like he can be in that rotational piece with Aziz, with Kayvon, with Jahad Ward, right? Guys that we know are gonna be repping for the Giants come September 10th against the Dallas Cowboys. I like the way Tamal Fox played. And then also, who else we got here? Well, Zimenez is also on the edge as well. And, and Zimenez for me, I, I think I need to see more from him. Cause he's a guy that's not too young. You know he's not the old wildly veteran, but he is a veteran. He has fourth year now, is it or fifth year? Yeah,
4: well, it, no, it's a, it's his time to accelerate his game because he's been rather quiet his first three years here.
1: Yeah, and then this preseason he's kind of been quiet too. I don't really see like he him showing up too much on one on one plays that you guys have been you know documenting. I haven't seen him really show up too much in the first game, you know, too much. So I expect him to show up in these next two weeks, and if not. I think the Giants will move on from him because of the young guys like okay. a Baldonado, like a Tamal Fox, some of these guys that show promise and the potential that's there and it's not tapped into. When you, when you give a guy like O'Shane Zimenez years and years and years of, of chances reps and reps and you see like, okay, he's a good player, possibly be a rotational guy, definitely a special teams guy, but if that's the cap on him, you might want to find another guy that can actually be a more, more of a contributor on first, second, and third down.
4: See, that's why I mentioned Baldonado when I set this up for you because Baldonado coming out of pit. now remember, his story is pretty unique. He grew up in Rome. His family moved to Florida when he was 17 years old. He had played three years of American football over in Europe. So he gets to Florida at, at 17 and then winds up at the University of Pittsburgh to play his college ball. Now, a lot of times he had his hand down, but we're looking at him here as potentially an outside linebacker and a pass rush guy. Obviously, he's going to have to play special teams as well. There's no doubt about that. But he, to me, is the wild card. He is the wild card. Does he show enough over the course of the next three weeks to be a guy who can squeeze out somebody on that 53-man roster Or does he not show enough but has had enough of flashes that you probably practice squad him and then hope that he is one of those developmental players on the practice squad or one of, you know, as opposed to a scout guy. Because it's different now. The practice squad, because it's so large, you now have three kinds of players on the practice squad. You have developmental guys, you have scout guys, and then you have insurance policies. It used to be that you just had developmental guys or scout Scout guys, guys, but now you also have insurance policies which are usually veterans. You're not talking about a rookie as an insurance policy. So there are three kinds of people now on the practice squads these days because of the expansion. So where would you put Baldonado today, and where do you think he's going to land in three weeks?
1: Well, I think for him, especially because he's, I would say he's new to football, you know, relatively new to football. No doubt. I think he has to be in that developmental group, you know, and, and last year I watched this coaching staff develop players throughout the season, mm-hmm. which is, that's very good because on this level, there's not too much development that goes on, you know, especially with coaches, the players is usually the players doing it on their own, you know, cause the coaches expect you to be pros, which <laughs> this is the professional level. You're not getting no higher to this in terms of American football, right? So I understand that, but I did watch Guys improved throughout the year last year. Young guys, no McFadden doubt. included, Isaiah Hodgins, like, and we can keep going on. I watched these guys improve from when they got here to when they left at the season's end when uh when they played the Philadelphia Eagles. I like Baldonado. I of course I, I the, the 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 hands to the face <sighs>
4: by the letter of the law. Right. it was a I penalty. Get that. I get that. We don't I have get to it. like it.
1: I get it. This is football, though, man. Uh. This is Look, American football.
4: O- o- O'Hara and I were in the booth and we looked at each other and it is what it is.
1: Oh, it is what it is.
4: All right. So so you're thinking right now he's practice squad. Yes. Does he have in your mind an upside over the next three weeks that he could steal a spot?
1: Absolutely. But that has to be proven in the next three weeks. right? Okay. We've only seen him out one time and he might even show us more the next time or he might not show us more the next mm-hmm. time. So with guys like that, who are relatively unknown guys, of course he's new to football. The potential, because of the, what you saw for him in week one, I think is pretty high. You know, not as high as like a a, a, a Aziz Ojolari, you know, who went to a major school, played there for you know for years uh, in Georgia. Uh, but a guy like that who is very raw, right? He needs to learn skills for that position. He probably just going off of straight will and skills that he has from what he's learned in all the sports that he's played leading up. Paul, I started playing football my freshman year in high school. Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't learn how to tackle till like my sophomore year in college. No kidding. It takes a while, you know, like I was just learning the positions my freshman year in high school. You know, so it takes a while. Football is a huge game. There's a lot that goes into it. And the reason why I think the Giants right now, the potential is there for them to have a better year than last year, because everybody's more experienced underneath this system, coaches included, right? You got Kafka, Kafka is a young guy, he's my age. You know, I played against Kafka in college. You know, he's not an old guy. <laughs> he has coaching experience, but There's very... only one old
4: guy in this room, and it's not you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, but look, you. we listen, you know what I'm saying? I listen to my older guys, you know what I mean? That's why whenever you talk, I'm, I'm sitting there, watching and I'm taking notes, right? But when you look at this roster and you look at this coaching staff, the second year with all of these guys you know that they brought back from last year i'm i'm expecting improvement on all facets of the of the game of football coaching special teams, offense and defense, and all the players as well.
4: You know, a lot of people ask me all the time, they say, well, when we hear of this improvement in year two, and the common phrase is the player is more comfortable, right? That's what we always hear. And I've had people say to me, well, what does that mean? What does that exactly mean? Break that down for me. And the best way that I can describe it, and you tell me if I've got this wrong, the best way I can describe it is... When you're a young player still trying to get familiar with what you're supposed to be doing, remember, alignment, assignment, and execution are the three factors that you have to have to make a play successful. It seems to me that when you're a young rookie player still trying to weed your way into the whole system and the fabric of what's going on, you're spending so much time thinking about alignment and assignment more than execution. But when you get more comfortable, there's that phrase, more comfortable, the alignment and the assignment becomes automatic and now you can take all of your energies and worry about execution. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, and then a lot of people associate what you just said with playing fast. Right, because you're you're not thinking as much. You're going out there and you're just reacting, because that's what def- defense is about. Defense is reacting to what the offense is, what their alignment is, what their what their you know pre-snap keys are, what their what their uh, uh, their splits are, down in distance, and then you're reacting to what they show you. Lyman, are they high? Lyman are they low? Mm-hmm. Right situation, down the distance and all that stuff. But if you're sitting here thinking about what's my assignment and now emotion happens, you're like, oh, I gotta, oh. You're thinking too much. You're, you're, and, and the thing is, young guys, rookies, first year players, second year players under new schemes, new uh, new players on, the, on this team that might be veterans, there has to be a thinking because you have to process information, right. you know? So this year, uh, like I was saying earlier, the second year in a system, most guys are not gonna be thinking and processing that information as much. They're gonna be more reacting to things. And that's how you play faster, right? So the reason why I was saying that earlier because this is the second year in both Kafka and uh and Wink Martindale's system. So I'm expecting the guys to play faster. And, and there's any doubt. And you got a lot of guys who are talented. Like Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau last year was his first year. Evan Neal last year was his first year. Both of those guys had knee injuries. Both of those guys, I feel like, didn't play up to their potential. I think injuries is, of course, uh, one cause of that. But then also first year, not only in the league, first year in the system. Right? Because when you when you step into the NFL, you realize, okay, I'm just one of these great players. I'm not the great player. Not yet. You, you're not getting there yet. You right. know, even a, a sauce gardener, sauce gardener had to come in and learn like, okay, I know I was great in Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. I know I was great in Cincinnati, but now I got to be, I got to prove that I'm great on this level. And he was a guy that did that last year.
4: It's like lightning in a bottle though for a guy to come out of the box it doesn't and, have, and make it happen it, that it's, quickly. It's very difficult. It like,
1: really is. First of all, you have to learn how to be a pro. Stuff, stuff is sh- 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 scheduled and structured, yes, but you're on your own. You know, like, you got to pay your own bills. You know, you got to find a place to stay. You know, you got to get your own groceries. There's no, I mean, they got food here, but there's no training table. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you don't have vouchers and, and cars to swipe and they give you food.
4: All right, so this leads me to something that I've got to ask you today because Wink Martindale was asked this sometime in the next last 36 hours. He was asked if you have Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins As two of your three starting corners, again, assuming that Adore Jackson will go into the slot when the Giants go with three corners, how much, nor how nervous, or how much does that stress you out? And Wink said, no, not at all. But now give that to me from a player's perspective. As a guy who played defense, okay, if you know that you're on a defensive unit that has two rookie corners out on the boundary, How stressed out or how worried are you?
1: Definitely a little worried, for sure. Not too stressed because most of that stuff falls on the safety, right? Mm -hmm. The safety, Xavier McKinney, Dane Belt and Pinnock, those guys who are going to be playing that other safety across from Xavier McKinney, they have to do a great job in communicating, right? And I'm rewinded all the way back to my sophomore year in college. We had uh, a couple of safeties that were veterans, right? Um, Two young sophomore starting linebackers, myself and DeAndre Levy, who both had plus eight year NFL careers, but we were young, right? If it wasn't for those two veteran safeties communicating to us, we would've been out there lost. Like that's just straight up. Landon Collins, his first year here with the Giants, and going into his second year, Brandon Merriweather and Craig Dahl. Mm -hmm. Those guys not only communicated with him when they were on the field together, but Landon was a starting safety, so those guys weren't starters, but they helped them and they worked with them. Communication, recognition, all of the things that veterans do, you gotta school these young kids to. You gotta let them know this is how you prepare, this is how you learn. We gotta be communicating and we all gotta be on the same page. In
4: particular, I've heard from the corners that Adore Jackson and Bobby McCain have been very helpful. But that's what I'm trying
1: to tell you. The safeties have to do a good job because the corners, the reason why they were drafted because of potential, right? Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins, they both are big, fast, explosive corners that can cover. Next is the mental game. When you go against the best athletes in the world that play wide receiver in the NFL, when you're looking at the best athletes in the world, you're not only looking at the best athletes. These wide receivers in the NFL are smart.
4: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: And that's what separate the average, decent, good receivers from the great receivers. And luckily the Giants don't have to look further out to this division to find some great receivers. Oh, that's
4: for sure. You the got,
1: tests will come fast and early. You got a pair of receivers in Philly, you got a threesome d- damn near in, in, um, in, uh, in Dallas, and then also A.J. McLaurin down in Washington. You got great – these are grade A receivers. These are guys that yeah. not only are physically great and they can make all the catches and they make the contested catches, they're tough, they'll go across the middle, but they're smart guys.
4: I mean, that's six games right off the bat in your division as rookies yep. that you have the potential to get schooled in.
1: Yes, or baptized, as they would say. Fine. Yep, and it'll it'll start week one. But, it, look, I think because if you got a guy like Adoree Jackson who can play that third corner mm-hmm. nickelback – and he's also kind of fitting into that run game as well, that I think it'd help take pressure off some of those guys on the outside. When you look up week one, right, because all of this that they're doing preseason, everything that the Giants did leading up to training camp is to prepare themselves for September 10th against the Dallas Cowboys. Right. That is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So the Giants might change their thought process after week one, but everything right now is to win week one. And That's what right. they're doing now they got their six foot, their over six foot corners on the outside. Yes, they're rookies, but ain't nobody else like them in the room. They're the biggest corners in the room, both of mm-hmm. the rookies, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have to go outside and play some really good receivers. Brandon Cooks and Gallup, and, and then Lamb. also CeeDee Lamb's gonna be in a slot. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to match up against CeeDee Lamb, and I love Darnay Holmes, but Darnay Holmes is overmatched against CeeDee Lamb one-on-one. You leave him a, a one-on-one with CeeDee Lamb all game, even a Dory Jackson. You leave them on Ceedee Lamb all game one on one, that's going to be some difficult you know coverages. But if you get a guy like a like a like a Dory Jackson that can match up with the very talented receiver that's inside, and it's so hard to cover those guys because they can go out up, they can go left right out and up right. Mm-hmm. They can do anything. They can go any direction. Oh, well,
4: it's a four way release.
1: Exactly. On the outside, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit Correct. easier to understand what kind of routes they're running. So I like them bumping Adoree Jackson inside because he's more experienced. And they did this when Eli Apple got drafted here in New York. You got a Pro Bowl guy in, in Dominic Rodgers-Camardi, a Pro Bowl guy who they paid to come here in Janoris, Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Yep. And then they draft Eli Apple, bump DRC inside. I wasn't, at first I wasn't too happy about that. Cause I'm like, DRC needs to be outside. But then DRC showed that he can play inside because he has experience. I think guys like Mike Hilton for the Cincinnati Bengals are extremely underrated. Guys that can excel at that, because that, you're gonna play corner, but then you're also gonna play linebacker, and you're also gonna play safety. That's right. You have to be a very versatile and smart player to play inside. And you and, better
4: be willing to hit.
1: Right, who else is gonna be that for the Giants? It has to be a Dory, and I, I think a Darnay's there, he had a chance last year. I don't think he did as great a job as they wanted him to.
4: Well, he's been inconsistent his whole career. That's and what I'm that's saying. And that's why with, without grabbing that job by the throat, the Giants finally decided a couple of weeks ago, keeping the Cowboys in mind and C.D. Lamb, we're going to have to do better. Yep. Oh, well, let's try throwing a Dory in there. That's that's the whole reason for this This idea and this experiment to come to fruition. And
1: it's all about matchups. Like they talk about boxing and UFC. It's all about the fighting styles, right? All about matchups. The Giants are trying to match up to the explosiveness of this Cowboys offense, right?
4: 201-939-4513 is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We're going to try to go rapid fire. So glad to have Jonathan here with us today. So we want to get to as many calls as we can. The Giants will be playing the Carolina Panthers tomorrow night at MetLife Stadium in preseason games. Game number two. Bit of news, if there, if you want to call it news, is that head coach Brian Dable uh, has declined to announce how many snaps any of his starters will get, if any at all. The writers really tried to pry it out expected. of him yesterday, and Brian would not have any part of that. So we really don't have any answers. So that's the one question we do not want you to ask, because only Daves and his staff know. How many snaps I'm, the
1: starters may I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess because I've done this before. A series? Not, not in the three you know, preseason game the era. The configuration is different now it's because different. it's only three. And they rely if a the lot series? on practices. Yeah. I think at least two series for okay. most guys. But somebody like a Saquon, somebody like Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, mm-hmm. they might just get one.
4: All right. The Giants Auto Podcast is available right now, of course, on all your favorite podcast platforms and at Giants.com. You can hear all kinds of interviews there. Uh, Make sure that you uh, leave a positive review if you're on the Apple Podcast uh, site, I suppose is what you would call it. Uh, Don't forget now, run or walk with Giants legends. The Giants Foundation will host a 5K race and Kids Run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th. That is at 9 a.m. at MetLife Stadium. Net proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative T-shirt. After the race, stay for a post-race festival with appearances by Giants legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com 5K. And Giants fans, don't forget, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the team all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more, visit Giants.com tickets. Limited inventory is available. And of course, we always remind you that there are 2023 single game tickets available for the Giants this season. Uh, We were talking yesterday, Jonathan, a couple of games, I believe, are already sold out. But there are some single-game tickets available for the Giants' home slate this year. Go to Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. And now it's time to talk to you folks at 201-939-4513. And let's see, who is first up on Big Blue Kickoff Live? Pearson, I believe we have. Hmm, why is it not on my screen for some reason?
5: Gotcha. We'll go to Jay in Phoenix. Thank
4: you. Jay, you're first on the program. Hello. Hey,
5: Paul. Hey, Jonathan.
4: What's going on, man? Uh,
5: Jonathan, appreciate appreciate your efforts over the years playing for the team. And, then Paul, you've been a stalwart for for years and years and years. It's fun. Oh, decades. It, it's decades, fun. it's decades. fun listening to these. Uh, yeah, no kidding, for decades. So I really appreciate you guys' hard work. Um, I had a couple questions. So, first, uh, my son and I are actually coming out to the opening game. We're, we live out in Phoenix, but we're flying out to see Giants versus Cowboys. Okay. And I wanted to get any advice that you've got. You know, we don't have family in the area, so we don't have, like, um, you know, tailgating set up or anything. Anything to experience on the game day itself that you'd suggest?
1: Yes. Come early so you can go to the, the Giants preseason or pregame show. Hosted by your boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we'll be outside the Pepsi gate. So, yeah, come through.
4: <laughs> uh, one of the things you can right. do, there's usually a lot of activities out there going on in the concourse level. Uh, if you get here early enough and you want to go to the second level, the Giants have uh, their Legacy Club, which is kind of like a Giants Hall of Fame, if you will, and museum. Oh, nice. And part of that nice. is open uh, a couple of hours before the game. So once you use your tickets to get into the gates and you te- take a look at the radio pregame show, I'll be part of that too, as I always am, mm-hmm. uh, you can go up to the second level, and they will have a portion of that museum open. Not all of it, but a portion of it is open. You can see all the busts from the Hall of Famers in there. I think Eli's locker is I've, in there. I've been
1: apartment. in there. I didn't know it was open to the fans, so that's dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, dope. That
4: first room is open to the fans okay. a couple hours before kickoff, and that's a really cool thing yep, if you have an opportunity to see that.
5: Very cool. Appreciate the advice. Sure. So, a um, couple questions. First one's about Saquon's contract. And so I understand that, you know, he was he could have signed a tag, but he ended up signing a different contract. Was that the tag with the money kind of getting moved around a little bit, or was it a completely different contract, meaning that he could actually negotiate with the Giants during the season?
4: No. No, no, no. He cannot negotiate with the Giants during the okay. season. It is a one-year deal. But what they did was you're allowed to either sign the tag or, or because the deadline passed for the multi-year deal, as we've talked about a thousand right. times, mm-hmm. or you can sign a one-year deal for something more than the tag if the team is so inclined to give it to you. And the Giants did add a little bit of incentive money to it. But it's a one-year deal and they, they cannot talk to him about a new deal. Well, I suppose unofficially they could say like, we're gonna talk at the end of the season and we'd like to do something else, but he cannot sign a new contract until after this one is done.
1: Jay, the great thing about this is, is that the 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 Giants had the franchise tag in their back pocket once mm-hmm. Daniel Jones signed his contract. It's a great business move to sign a guy who potentially is a 13, 14 million dollar a year guy, when you look at the top running backs in the NFL but the the Giants this is straight business bro but then at the end i feel like that was personal i think in in order for them to get Saquon Barkley in training camp on time i felt like they needed i felt like they felt like they needed to do something that's outside of business it's still business but more of a personal like bro we like you we love you, we want you here. So we're gonna give you an extra 800, was it 800,000, something like that? it was a total of 900. 900,000, almost a million dollars extra. In it's setups. When they don't have to do that, because no. they're locked into the franchise tag. And as long as Saquon signed it, that's it, sealed and done. But I feel like they took an extra effort and went away from regular business, and they was like, okay, cool. Let's do this to show him that we appreciate him and we value him, because at the end of the day, The market is the market, bro. You know That's all business, right? And at the end of the day, when you have an owner, a GM, a head coach that's gonna do something a little bit extra for you outside of the market, I think that's a special thing. Of course, I don't think Saquon is happy because he didn't get the long-term deal and that fully guaranteed upfront money that he wanted that I think we think he deserves, but it's not about what we think, it's about the market value. And then business became business as soon as Daniel Jones signed that contract. Mm -hmm. And then all the leverage shifted over to the New York Giants. And I think the New York Giants just gave a little bit back to him, saying, we want you here. And that's what you saw from this contract.
4: Now to further clarify what happened by ripping up that tag they've already burned, that is the Giants, tag number one. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's, that's over with, even though they didn't use it. I mean, they used it, but then ripped it up so that they could give him a little bit of extra money and incentives. That counts against their tag allotment. So now, if they wish to tag Barkley for the twenty twenty four season, it becomes tag number two on Barkley, and the estimated tag number for a running back for the franchise next year would be thirteen million guaranteed for one season.
5: Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate the clarification on that. Sure. That was something I was wondering. And then, last thing I wanted to ask was just about the tight ends. I heard you guys talking the other day. And I noticed that last season it looked like they put Chris Myerick at fullback. And they kept, I think they kept Bellinger, Cager, and I can't remember who the other one was. But it looked like Myerick was listed as a fullback. Do you anticipate them doing something like that this year again with Sweeney or Myerick again?
1: And also Bellinger too. I, think, I don't think you count on any guy that's not Darren Waller to play fullback you know cuz that gives <laughs> yeah. that gives the offense a little bit more versatility and if you come out with 12 personnel which is two tight ends and Bellinger is at fullback all of a sudden it's 21 personnel right and then you have Waller you can split him out and you can split both of those guys out all of a sudden it's 10 personnel with four wide receivers yeah. it gives them so much versatility if guys like Bellinger who we understand the type of player he is the type of man he is the size that he has and the mismatches that he can create and that can give them a lot of versatility on of offense, which I think all of the guys besides Waller, who I don't want Waller blocking anybody from the backfield. I don't mind him doing it from the line of scrimmage. I don't mind him doing it from the outside. <laughs> but don't line him up to try to go size up these ends, <laughs> okay? Don't do that. And I don't think the Giants will. But a guy like Bellinger, who's going to put his hand in the dirt, who's going to start games, not Waller. Like I think some games Waller's not going to start. I think they're going to come out an 11 personnel. It's going to be Bellinger. And then, of course, Waller's going to get in there. But I think Wall, uh, Bellinger is the all-around tight end that can do everything. He can catch, he can inline block, and he right. can move the fullback.
4: Uh, Jay, I will add this. I've said it before in this program. Maybe you've missed it. I believe the Giants are going to keep Cager as the third tight end. And I think that Matthew Pert, who is a backup offensive lineman, will also be the jumbo tight end. And X-0. thereby, yep. I believe... That's that Sweeney is going to wind up getting cleared through waivers and go to the practice squad. I think they want to keep him mm-hmm. in the building, but I think when you're talking about that extra blocking tight end, I think they're going to look at Pert to be that guy when they need him because it's not a formation they're probably going to use very much. Okay.
5: Yeah, no, makes sense. Yeah, with I mean, I was trying to think from the roster machination. I mean, with all these receivers, how you keep everybody in. Well, yeah, and I don't think there's
4: any way they can keep more than three tight ends, which is why Pert's versatility, remember, he's a very athletic guy who played a lot of basketball uh, when he was younger and has played some of that jumbo tight end spot. He caught a pass, a touchdown pass in his career. So that's, to me, that's a no-brainer. To me. I know not everybody on our show agrees with me on that one, but that's how I see it. Thanks for the call. All right, well, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. I did want to tell folks also that when you go to uh, uh, the app, Giants TV, you can get original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. We go next to Len from Maryland. You are on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello, Len. Hey guys, how you doing? What's going on? What's up, Len? Hey,
2: um, Paulie, last year it was Phillips who filled that um jumbo tight end position. He you had to do it, some of it.
4: Pert- Even Cunningham had to do a little bit of it. I mean, they've had a, a few guys over the last few years who have had to do it for one reason or another. Remember, Pert's had a bunch of injuries, too, in his first few yeah, years yeah. of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. think he's the guy this year.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Um did you do the play-by-play the other night,
4: Paulie? Yes, on Friday in Detroit.
2: Hey, good for you! Did you have fun doing that? Sure did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't obviously couldn't hear it down here, but somebody happened to mention during a phone call that I had with an, another Giants fan that you you had done the play-by-play. Good for you.
4: Appreciate um,
2: it, uh, John uh, Jonathan. Um, I, I I really enjoyed your w- one minute explanation of the transition. Uh, from college football, highly structured, to the professional level, where, you know, after practice, you're pretty much on your own and you've got you to kind of, you know, make your own way and be able to do that. It, it reminded me of a detailed scouting report that I saw uh, within the last 10 years on one of our former number one draft picks. I won't mention the name, but the detailed review uh, ended by saying, he can't cook and upon further and upon further query um i was able to find out that what he meant by that was that he wasn't going to be able to deal with the unstructured atmosphere at, at that young age that he wasn't quite ready to do that and that that was one of the negatives that this scout had on that player so i i kind of you know listened closely when you talked about that and i i would agree that's 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 a big step because you finish practice, and you you got a lot of time on your hands, and you got to be able to stay safe and you know uh, relax a little bit. Um, so so I appreciate your comment on that, uh, Jonathan. Right uh, on on the Paulie on the practice squad, you know you you the way you broke it down at the beginning that's, that stuff was really pretty cool. Three categories, um, you know. So to me, it's almost like the the roster for the the 53, is to me now the way we use the practice squad. It's it's almost like a 60 man roster, you know. Now I know the last seven, those those last seventh, 54 through 60, are going to be paid differently than the 53.
4: Mm-hmm. But
2: but the way they use it, um, I I think you were right on with that. Um, you know, you it's like you need those insurance policies. Now with regard to to the insurance policy idea Paul um how many veterans are we allowed to keep on the practice squad
4: mm, Do You know I Do you think know the all I think the number is 6 Okay but I'm okay. not don't don't marry me to Yeah yeah okay
2: okay yeah and uh, so I suspect there are some guys who could be 3 or 4 and I, you know you know you look at uh, X-Man um and you say, well, maybe, you know, if he doesn't make the 53, maybe the insurance policy, and we ask him to, you know, be on the practice squad. It is year, six, but, Len.
4: I just checked it.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. No I problem. appreciate that, Paul. Um, Jonathan, will you, you, you talked a little bit about uh, adoree Jackson in the slot, and I, I've kind of been intrigued by that, you know, reading about it. I haven't really seen it yet. Um Do you think that really has something to do with? We've looked at the roster and we've said CD Lamb is just going to be too tough for the the regular folks that we play in the slot. He's tough for everybody. I mean, you (laughs) you watched the games last year, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so every team, so every so every team, including ourselves. Uh, has has to react to that. Do you you, do you think that's really what it's all about?
1: What? Absolutely, yes. Because you know what it is. A lot of the really top good receivers they play on the outside in the NFL usually. Mm-hmm. Ceedee Lamb plays in the inside sixty percent of the snaps, which yeah. is a big number for a guy that could be possibly matched up on your third corner or oh, yeah. a linebacker.
0: Yeah. Like that's yeah, the yeah.
1: potential. Like if yeah. you think about it, right? And and I love Victor Cruz, and he was uh he was hell to play against because he was yeah. a strong, short handed, yeah. explosive yeah. receiver that played in yeah. the slot. Mm-hmm. You know who might yeah. match up against him? Me. <laughs> linebacker. <Yeah. laughs> the nickel linebacker might match up against CeeDee Lamb. Yes, you have to understand who you're going against. And in this division, one of the most talented receivers in the league is not on the outside; he's more on the inside. Mm-hmm. You have to know that, you have to understand that, and you have to prepare for it. And I think that's what the Giants are doing.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, very. Yeah, you know, that's 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 good to know. see he heard it break down that way. Hey, to the previous caller on what to do before the game at the stadium as a season ticket holder, one thing I would one thing I would advise after stopping by the pregame show with you guys, Jonathan, um, if you're you know if you I think he was coming from Phoenix. And you, you know, it's your first time. Um, you you you, you got to make a visit to the Legacy Club, as Paul suggested. Um, you wander around in there for a few minutes, and you're going to be ready to play a football game that night. It really <laughs> gets to you. <laughs> it really gets to you. It's very hey, cool. Um, um, you, you know, what do you think? I'm just going to make a guess. We probably got about eight slots left on the 53, so it's going to be really interesting. And Paula, you 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 pointed out last week. Um, don't count out Shane Lemieux, and he had a nice game the other night.
4: Really good second half.
2: Yeah, still in the running, still in the running. So it'll be interesting to see a couple of those you know, last spots on the 53. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Be well, and Let's man. go Giants. Let's All right, go take Giants. care.
4: Thanks, man. 201-939-4513. I keep thinking that there's going to be like three weeks for these guys to still prove themselves. Well, to be frank with you, the cut has to come on August 29th. It's not that so much So it's time. actually only 12 days. It's 12 <laughs> days. Well, you know why? Because I kept thinking. Weeks. Well, I kept thinking you got that third preseason game, then you have a week and a half off nope. till you play the game against Dallas. But the cut has to come on the 29th. It doesn't come closer to the Dallas game. It comes only two days after the Giants play the Jets, and that game is just about a week right, away. A week
1: away. Next Saturday. Okay, so it's 12
4: 12 days from today. A big
1: number. It's over 35 guys that they have to cut at one time.
4: It's from 90 to 53. And how about this number, Jonathan? I I, I've said this the other day when uh, I forget what show I was on or even if it was in Detroit. You know, right now, as we speak today on the Giants 90-man roster, there are 34 players who are in their first year with the Giants right now. Wow. So
1: Over a third. Yeah, it's crazy.
4: So now, of course, once it gets down to 53, that number is going to shrink significantly. But it just goes to show you how much work this front office has done to get this playoff team to try to go to another level.
1: I like that. I like how you said that because they are a playoff team.
4: 201-939-4513. We've got a couple of lines open and, oh, about 15 minutes or so left on the show. Let's go to Tim from Charleston. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live.
3: Hey, Paul, Jonathan. I'm not from Charleston. I'm in Charleston. But let's uh, we'll pass on that. Okay. Uh, I, got, I got three quick questions for you. The first one's about coverage. The other two are to get your opinion on things. In terms of the preseason games, because last year we were lucky. I think two or three or all three of the preseason games were actually on TV down here. but None of them are, I think, this year. Um, Can I listen to the radio feed for the preseason game tomorrow and next week on the Giants app? Or is there a local radio station that that I could probably find streaming it? So if you can tell me that, because I want to at least listen to it if I can't see it.
4: No, as far as I know, the only way you're going to be able to catch it on the radio is through WFAN's very strong clear channel signal now yeah uh, I've
3: been able to pick them up in the yeah. past, like with your pre-game show and stuff so that's good to know but that's it's not the best the way okay. no
4: it's not on the app any longer that used to be the case but that's no longer uh, going to happen so that's the only way to do it and and as far as the next two preseason games they'll both be televised live by NFL network so quite oh, frankly okay. quite frankly you'll be able to I watch be able them to see them uh, yeah, if yeah, you have absolutely. NFL network both both the Panthers and Jets games will be live on NFL Network.
3: Excellent news. Excellent news. Thank you, Paul. Thank sure. You. Um, so the next question is about offensive line and numbers. And, you know, going on some assumptions here, obviously, you know, Glowinski, uh, JMS, Zudu, Thomas, Neal, and Pert is the uh, first swing tackle. And then you've got um, uh, Lemieux. And you've got McPherson, McPherson, I think is, is how
4: it's said. McKeithan. Um, you're talking about? McKeithon. Who just came yes. back, by the way, from the PUP list. So, right. you know, he's so, got a lot of catching up to do. And don't forget, did you say Phillips?
3: No, I didn't mention him.
4: Well, that, that's another guy right now who's been dinged up, and he's been in this system, and he can play both tackle and guard. So he's another young veteran who certainly is, is going to be strongly considered for a job.
3: And that's, and that, that didn't, I didn't realize McKeithen had come off the pup because I thought they might leave, keep him on the at the beginning to have more flexibility. But, um, the, so my question comes down to is can you go into a season with just one true swing tackle if you have guys who can play garden tackle? So that was my question, basically.
1: Yeah, I think you could with one swing tackle and then you got guys that play inside and outside, so that gives you yeah. two or three guys at that can place the mm-hmm. tackle. Outside of the starters, yeah, I think that's fine. Now, to be
4: fair, and I'm not trying to be funny, Wyatt Davis had never played a snap or tackle in his life until Detroit the other night, yeah. and it and did it not showed. go well. And
1: it showed. <laughs> it yeah. showed. He
4: well, was a goldfish I mean, out of water, yeah, and, and that's not his fault, but they needed somebody to take those snaps, yeah. and he was the sacrificial yeah, lamb.
1: That's exactly the term. Sacrificial. Yeah, lamb. And, it's, and it happens.
3: Yesterday.
1: That happens.
4: I
3: heard you I heard you say that yesterday with John. So I'm just figuring if we keep nine, somebody's gonna get squeezed out. But and I guess Lemieux is probably I know he had a good second half last week, but he may be low man on the totem pole, although he can cover at center, which gives him an up. Anyway, so my last question is this. And this is a hypothetical, so I want you to I'm going to try to phrase this the right way so it's easier to answer.
4: <laughs> you know um, how much we dislike hypotheticals. Go ahead. Oh,
3: come on, Paul. You and you and Lance are the hypothetical kings. Come on. Oh, um, I,
4: he hates <laughs> the fact that I don't like them. Go ahead.
3: All right. So anyway, when the 90s get cut down to 53. Yeah. The, so the question has a couple of like assumptions. One is if we were to pick up one guy at one position, Discounting special teams value because obviously that could certainly come into play, but discounting special teams value. What specific position do you think is the most likely for the Giants to pick up after the rosters are cut and there's a plethora of guys out there?
1: Right. Tackle. And I'll take
3: your answer off the air. Thank you.
1: <laughs> right tackle. That's
4: it. That's
1: mine.
4: I mean, in all honesty. I'm I'm going to go against what you said a minute ago and I'm not going to discount special teams because I've been saying since February half of the Giants core special teams guys for last season and they weren't great on specials last season, okay? Half of those guys are gone. And I've been saying this now since February. The 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 dot that's not on everybody's radar, and should be, is special teams. Absolutely. Because I've been having trouble naming who the core special teams guys were going to be for months. And you know what? The other night they gave up a 95-yard punt return for a touchdown, which had three missed tackles on it. And I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people don't want to recognize that, but they need to figure that out, okay? They need to figure that out. And until they do... I'll tell you, if I can find a Keon Crosson or somebody of that nature on the waiver wire who is a special teams demon, that's the guy that I'm looking for on the waiver wire. No,
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I'm with you, but you know I'm always an advocate for special teams and finding out who the core group of special teamers are for the New York Giants. But I'm not going away from the man's question, though, Paul. I'm, I'm changing gonna his, question. his question. Look, I'll, I think t- right tackle and the depth at tackle needs to get. Addressed Because what we saw in the game, that first string, maybe the second string, gone. What if you're down to your third tackle?
4: Well, you're, you're hoping that, that Perk continues to uh, to raise his level because he's actually done pretty well the last few weeks of camp. And you're also hoping that Tyree Phillips gets healthy again. Right. Because, you know, he's functional. Yeah, he is. Now, I will say this. The Giants picked up Ray Wilborn off of waivers from Denver uh, yesterday, okay? That's yesterday? No, two days ago. That's a big deal. You know why? Because Wilborn only played two games in the NFL last year, and all 31 of his snaps were on special teams. All right. See, that in itself, the fact that they just picked up a guy who's a 220 pound outside linebacker who's barely played in this league, and when he has, he's been exclusively on special teams. You don't need to be a genius to realize that that set off a fireworks flare and told you that this staff is very much worried, and they're in step with what I'm telling you. Special teams is a concern, and they just picked up a guy who they think can help elevate them on specials. Watch for Ray Wilborn. I believe he's number 48. Watch for him in this game against Carolina. See where they use him. See what he does. See if he's down there making plays. See if he's making tackles. I think this guy, he's been brought in specifically because they are mega concerned about special teams. And, and
1: you know what, Paul, too, which people don't really consider, but if you really think about it, right, if you got guys that are going to play special teams during the season, going against guys that are not going to be in the NFL during preseason, you should see those guys rise to the top. You sh- in preseason, you yeah. should see those guys that are going to play special teams in the NFL for active for a, a roster for Giants whoever they should show up on Friday or
4: Saturday the best special teams play made by the Giants coverage units in Detroit was Cordell Flock. he got down there on one kick coverage and he got the guy by the shoelaces and yes, him down early early got him for a no gain on a return yes
1: and that's very hard to do Great play Especially by him.
4: when you're not a huge but, strong but, guy.
1: Right. And then you if and, and this is the thing that we were talking about a lot going into this offseason and, and leading up to this this uh this season coming up. The Giants needed to get depth. They needed to get better. Not just for offensive defense, but for special teams. Flot was a player for the Giants defense last year that did a lot. He may not play that many defensive snaps. So he's probably gonna have to do his thing on teams and make a living there, which is fine. And then if something happens to one of the top three or four or five guys uh, in a defensive back room, then you get active, you get elevated and you play more defense. Right now, but that's the finished unit on this team. Solid special
4: teams players. Yeah. It, it, there's no em. doubt. You need them. I, I 100%. mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking the 22, okay? And I'm liking the depth at a lot of positions. But special teams, I'm sorry, but I'm seeing a very thin unit right now. Yep. And, and maybe, maybe this fellow from the Broncos will help raise their level of play. Let's go back to the phones. Stu in Portland, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello.
0: Hi, how are you guys doing?
4: Very well, how are you?
0: Okay. Uh, I'm calling for maybe one reason. You, uh, you kind of missed something when you talked about listening to the games live. Uh, if
4: you get serious, Oh, that is true. Oh, Sirius. That is true. Sirius XM oh. NFL Radio does carry the, uh, the radio broadcast. Thanks, Stu. Absolutely. Thank you. That's, that's very astute Paul, of you, you to mix, remember. how'd you miss that, Paul? Because I have Sirius in my car, not in my house. So there would never be a reason for me to tune in a game in my house. That's why. But that's a good point. Well, if you do subscribe online, uh, you can get it in your
0: house. Uh, it's channel 823. There you
4: go. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent appreciate
0: that. Good uh, I've one, been a Stu. long time long time giant fan back in the 40s uh, season subscriber from 19 uh 56 until 1980 when I moved to the west coast. I listen to you guys every day if not live.
4: Well, thank you I for your attention. You. We appreciate that. Uh, and oh, by the way, Stu, let's take it to another level. I think if you get the right subscription to Sirius XM NFL Radio I or, or Sirius XM, I think you can also listen to the game on your app on your phone through the Sirius app. Is that right, John? Does the Sirius app yeah. also play the game? <laughs> John's not sure. But I think you can actually get it on your phone. I don't work for Sirius. Okay, I know, I know. <laughs> but you, but Sirius carries the game, so I think it would naturally be on the app. Sure. We're not sure, but we think so. Stu, go ahead. I I can
0: verify that the answer is
4: yes. It is yes. It is on the app Excuse- also. Okay, that's great. But that's the SiriusXM Excuse- app. That's not the Giants app. Right. If, if you uh, subscribe online, you can get it on your radio, your iPad. Uh, Excellent.
0: Anywhere, anywhere that, uh, that you have a Wi-Fi.
4: Well, thank you, Stu. I appreciate that information. Anything else you wanted to add? Nope, that's it. All right, be Thanks, well. Steve. Real quick, we'll take one more call if somebody wants to get quick with their fingers at 201-939-4513. Before we do, quickly, Jonathan, uh, is there one snippet that you're going to be looking for out of this Panthers game? Again, we don't know who's going to play, but is, is, there, is there one thing? I'm telling you now, it's special teams. I want to see some good special teams coverage in this game against Carolina.
1: I'm going to look not only to see if Tamar Fox and Baldonado can show up again, but who else is going to be on a defensive side and show up that they can be one of these rotational pieces and possibly be a special teamer as well. Uh,
4: how about That's what uh, with Tommy for. DeVito did the other day, huh? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think Tommy DeVito, who had been very quiet during trading camp, you know, he showed up in Detroit. I'm, I look, I'm going to be honest
1: with you. When I was at practices, the, the times I came to practice, I watched Tommy DeVito scramble on seven on seven. Yeah, like you don't scramble on on 7-on-7 you throw the football on on 7-on-7 to watch him do the things that he did especially in the first half when I felt like he got decent protection in the first half I felt he played lights out.
4: Sweet touchdown pass to Sweeney
1: great decisions you know not too many errant balls that he thrown early in the Mm -hmm. game and then second half it was kind of hard he didn't he didn't have too much time in that pocket. No. He was, yeah, he, he was running for his
4: life. Giants gave up five sacks in that game, so he was under duress. Right.
1: And probably how I many in the second half? Four? It was four in the second, second half. half. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a lot, especially on a no young doubt. kid like that who he wants to win the game. Like, not only is he competing for a starting job to get to that third-string that third quarterback, which is, like, very difficult to do in this NFL, but he wants to win the game. You know, so that's a lot on him. And I, I thought he showed composure. I love what he did on fourth down on the last play of the game. I love he didn't take a sack. I love he just threw it up in the air. Yeah. He gave guys a chance. You take a sack, zero chance. You throw Correct. that ball in the air, I don't care what chance it is, it's a chance. Right. And he did that. And I like that from him.
4: Hey, you never know. You might even get a defensive penalty. Down
1: exactly. And then you get another play. Boom.
4: We have one more call to sneak in. Marty and Manahawkin, you're the last caller on today's Big Blue you Kickoff Live. Today? Hello.
2: Hey, how you doing, Paul? Hi. Hey, uh, you're talking about special teams. I was just wondering about
4: the kid from Penn State there, uh, Cam Brown. Uh, he used to be a special teamer also. He's a teamer. He is yep. a special teamer, but inconsistent. I'm, I would say not only inconsistent, but with the rest of the linebackers out there, he would have to be, in my mind, he'd have to be a stellar special yep, teams a dog. guy because as far as the regular defense is concerned, he, he is so deep. Mm-hmm. He is so deep on the depth chart. Yep. He needs to literally, like, absolutely ace it on specials. And I think we would all agree, while he was one of their better special teams, guys, he's not an ace.
1: Yeah. Well, every every week you meet offensively, defensively, and special teams. Every week you go over the elite players, you go over the problem players, right? You have to be, the Giants need to identify when that special teams meeting happens for the Dallas Cowboys, who are the elite players special teams players that they're going to have to account for and the thing is we don't really know who those guys are no, I think Carter Coughlin you could probably throw him in there because of the experience and that first play he made last year I love it and then he can also play defense as well Here's but is he why, the game changer
4: on special I teams? I love this guy, but here's why I'm going to disagree with you. And number okay. 52. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. All right, see, now we know the truth. We we finally got to the crux of this. Carter, you're getting the benefit of the doubt from Jonathan because of the jersey number. Think about this, okay? Over the last how many years, some of the special teams guys who have come through here, the the, the Michael Thomases, yep. right? The the uh Keon Crossens. Okay. Those kinds of guys. That's when I say elite, when I'm talking like guys who you might even consider as a possible Pro Bowl special team selection because they're that good. Yep. They're literally an ace. Dwayne Harris. Dwayne Harris. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dominic Hickson. Yep. I'm sorry, I don't see anybody on this special teams unit who even comes close to that level.
1: I hear you. I hear you. I was just throwing a name out there. Potential.
4: Well, we'll see.
1: I like Coughlin. I mean, the name I like him too. The name, right? I like him too.
4: Coughlin. But he's not an ace.
1: I know. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've
5: had guys
4: like that. I love that you mentioned Dwayne Harris, though. Man, he was tough. He was so tough. I can't believe I forgot him because he... Bro, I've seen him get smacked, like,
1: bow, right to the face. Keep on running.
4: Broken ribs in London. Keep on running. Just keep on running. Broken ribs in London came back into the game. Howard Cross and I were on the sideline, Howard says, I think he's dead. (laughs) Seriously.
1: He was one of the toughest guys, for sure, to play that position.
4: Okay, Marty, go ahead, real quick. One one observation, I don't know. You might have saw what I saw. Uh, The last play of the game, and
3: I'm watching Tommy DeVito threw the ball up. Uh, I understand the
2: guy is small, but uh, the guy, Pimpleton, he didn't even make a move
4: to jump for the ball. Hmm. Okay. So you're, um, you're saying you're saying there was not enough effort on the play.
5: I didn't think there was. Not he just stood there, you know, flat-footed, and even
2: you know didn't even didn't even make a move to try to contest, you know, get a contested catch at least. I,
4: I I understand your point, but I'm going to tell you, even if he had Michael Jordan in his sneakers, he's not jumping far enough to be able to make that play. He's not getting in the vicinity of that ball.
5: Yeah. Well. All right, then, you know, I I, I could understand
4: it if, when you put it that way. Okay, Marty, thanks for the call. Enjoy the game tomorrow. I, I felt that.
1: I did feel that, though, the same way. I was like, yeah, nobody went up for the ball, and he was the guy that was around. But it was high, and it kind of looked like it was a little too far for him.
4: And and, and the defensive black was playing center field. Yeah. He was camped under it. He was yeah. not giving up that ball.
1: And he's our, our biggest
4: Pimpleton Five, nine. Five, I was going to say probably more like 5'8". Yeah. I
1: don't think he had eyes on it
4: till too late, too. That's what it was, That's huh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it kind
1: of looked like that. It looked like he well, didn't really... It was
4: a high-arcing lollipop yep. throw. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: But, I mean, if he would have saw it, I think he would have jumped it. Like, you know, because that makes sense because it did look a little weird and awkward at the end. But, you know, I mean, he's not... We're not talking about, like, Darren Waller doing that, right? We're talking about a guy that probably may or may not make this
4: team. And trust me, if it's a regular season game and you got to throw a lollipop ball downfield to save a fourth down, you're going to get your taller receivers downfield. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) percent. All right, (laughs) Pymbleton's not the guy going down to make that play. Uh, All right, so remember, folks, Big Blue Kickoff Live is here every weekday. We talk Giants football for an hour. 201-939-4513 Two zero one nine three nine four five one three 4513 is our phone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Don't forget, you can always catch an archive of this show and all of our Giants podcasts on Giants platforms everywhere as well as Giants.com slash podcasts. And remember, tomorrow it's the Giants and the Carolina Panthers in preseason game number two. I believe it's a 7 o'clock tip-off, right, John? Yep. Tip-off? Kickoff. off Kick-off. Tip-off. He did say tip-off. I, 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 I said tip-off. Um, John and I talk a lot of Knicks during the course of the week. Not the last three months. And, and that's true. 7 o'clock kickoff tomorrow. Pre-game show starts at 6 on WFAN. For Jonathan Casillas, i Paul Dottino. We'll catch you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. So long, everybody.